This is Amateur Faith Night, a podcast where real-life friends talk about real-life religion, where questions are encouraged, doubt is talked about, and following Jesus is our main priority. Let this be a starting place for you to research things and study them out for yourself. God is bigger than all of our questions, and it is okay to not have all of the answers. (sighs) All right, guys. Um, We've kind of been MIA for a hot second. It's been... It's been a hot second. Summer's almost over. I'm so sorry, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind him. Don't so, um, as you can tell, we're all squeezed in my tiny little office, and we did it completely professionally in front of our guests. No one crawled over tables or anything. It's been great times. But we um, wanted to introduce our awesome friends, AJ and Eileen. So, um, they have a really interesting story, actually, and... Um, a lot of people have contacted me over the years. I'm sorry, I'm sitting very crooked in this <laughs> in this chair. Um, a lot of people have contacted me over the years about when they leave the UPC or legalistic um, religion, their spouse doesn't always go with them at the same time. And that's super difficult. Like, that's a really hard position to be in. I've never been in that situation. It's really difficult for me to give good advice or encouragement when I've never experienced that personally. Um, It's a very unique situation because, as we know, if you're a UPC or, you know, CHM or any other religion like that, it's not just changing churches. Like when your right. spouse walks away, you're you're feeling all these different emotions about did they just, you know, are they condemning their soul to hell? What about our children? What about our marriage? Things like that. And I don't feel like I can speak to that because I don't have that experience. So um, AJ and, I, and Eileen have went through that and they have successfully come out the other side. So um, AJ and I, like we met, met and I say met this is the we first time we yesterday. met in per- yeah this yes. is the first time we've met in person and it's so cool that they came up here to see us um but we started talking not long after my book came out I feel like it came out in 2019 and I think that you yeah. first that started questioning right. around then that sounds right yeah and he reached out to me about his wife Eileen that sounds right yes yeah, so we're gonna get <laughs> share mics because we only own three um so anyway he started questioning things and it reached out to me and so kind of since then we kind of cultivated a relationship being in the same like facebook support groups and things like that um but eileen you just recently made the leap the big leap yeah Yeah. uh, the the official leap not that long ago so we did kind of want to talk about like your story because it's a very encouraging very inspiring so um Anyway, we will start with AJ, I think. Like, what made you start questioning to be a mother? Well, hold on. Hold what? Oh, sorry. What? So, tell us about your times as missionaries in Genovia. <laughs> they were the best. <laughs> they were the best it of times the and best. the worst of times? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Where is that? Genovia? Yeah. That's from Princess Iris. or whatever. Yeah. It's not a real thing. It's not a real nation. It's not. No. Okay. It could be. Well, I'm not really brushed up on geography, so I had to ask. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and Gary, Gary's like... <laughs> I was trying to figure out which hemisphere it was in also, but... <laughs> I got the reference, baby. I got it. I got you. Proceed. <laughs> so, we were, we were asking what made you initially start kind of questioning things. Because you were raised UPC, and you did want to say from the get, like, this isn't 
like about anybody specific, right? Like, right. Um, well, I grew up in ALJC, which is like UPC's little cousin. That's right. Right. Okay. And, and there's really no theological difference between those two organizations. Their main differences are how they're governed. So, but theologically, they're identical. So there's that. I grew up ALJC, but it's we can call it UPC. Well, what what I wanted for for to say is that you know the things we say today in the podcast are not directed at anybody that personally, absolutely not personally, and like our family members, family members specifically. Um, you know, there's not any. We don't hold our families at ill will. You know, we don't believe that they meant wrong or wanted bad things. They had the best intentions at heart. So we definitely don't blame or hold anything against our families for what we say today. Um, And also that, you know, we've done a lot of studying and um, come to this decision very purposefully and painstakingly. come to this and it's you know something that we would like them to look at if they and we've we've approached this <laughs> good job good job we've we've approached this very deliberately yes mm-hmm. even though we didn't do it at the same time right right but just like we would approach any major decision in our life we've approached this in a very deliberate way and a very um in a very careful and cautious way, I guess is the is a good way to say it. And I would hope that anyone who knows the way we approach things like this would look at that process and, and then realize that there's consideration that maybe should be given towards what we've done. Mm-hmm. And that we haven't done it flippantly or just out of spite or out of rebellion, but out of a really genuine desire to know what's true and what's not true. Right. And I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of depth, actually, to what you just said, because a lot of people feel like you just walk away because it's easier. But it's not easier no. to walk away. If you've ever had to walk away from this, it's not easy. It's a lot easier in a lot of ways to just stay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people who dismiss or... Um, and validate other people's experiences for leaving, do so without really giving into consideration all of the thought and the process that went into leaving. It wasn't just overnight, I'm sure. Like, as you said, it no. was. this was a very drawn-out process for mm-hmm. both of you, just different timing. Mm-hmm. So then what was it that caused you originally to start questioning? Okay, so... I would say, first of all, we had very typical UPC upbringing. There's not really anything unique about it that you haven't already covered in other episodes. So anyway, so if we fast forward to say we have, we're married, we have four kids. Which, God love you. I know. I mean, and they're, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we are a good Episcopalian so. <laughs> I'm making the sign of the cross. You can edit all that out. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm not editing that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're you know we're living our adult life and just making it. We're working. We're in the we're in the rut. And I had 
I guess a lot of questions along the way and a lot of doubts that maybe I didn't know how to express. But I did have a moment where things just kind of went poof. And it was in 2016 on Christmas Eve. And I was hired as an extra chorus member, a uh, chorister at a church, an Episcopal church near where we live to sing in the choir. And uh, it was a beautiful service. I'd sang in these services before several times. And what happened was at the end of that service, I just had this really overwhelming sort of reaction to what had happened around me. And it, and it felt a whole lot like what, when you'd been in a Pentecostal church, you know, people say, oh, do you feel the Holy Ghost moving? <laughs> you know, and it's Good just- Good job Holy Ghost, Yes, I did say Holy Ghost <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. Um, so this really overwhelming feeling, and I, and I just stopped for a second, I went, whoa what's the Holy Ghost doing here? Right. <laughs> because this is an Episcopal church. It's supposed to be a dead church, right? All of these other churches are supposed to have, you know, they're not under the influence of the Spirit. They're dead churches. They're perhaps even demonic churches. So I should not be feeling this right now. And so I concluded that somehow it's possible for the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to move on a person in this environment. Mm -hmm. What I realized later after thinking and learning some things was that really what had happened was an emotional response to the stimulus that I had received from the service. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous music, preaching, liturgy. It was just wonderful. And what I realized was that that same emotional uh, reaction happens in Pentecostal churches and maybe that's not the moving of the Holy Ghost. Maybe that's just you responding to your environment. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because it was like when that little card fell down, all the other cards fell with it in a, almost in a moment. And it was, that was a scary place to be yeah. because it called into question everything that I thought that I knew about God and church. And I was sort of at square one again. So kind of piggybacking on your emotional experience, I mean, I can't speak for the two of you. I know you've probably had this happen, and you probably have as well, Gary. I mean, I've had that type of emotional high at a Bon Jovi show, mm -hmm. seeing Devil Wears mm -hmm. Prada. Mm -hmm. uh, not the movie, the band. You know? <laughs> so because you're in a group environment with like-minded people who's enjoying the environment, they're enjoying the music, they're having a good time, they get excited, and obviously that's not the Holy Spirit at work at you know the Metallica show, but it's that same type of emotional high. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of UPCers get that mixed up with a move of the Holy Spirit. There is a difference. There is right. a real difference. Right. And so then what happens is when you connect those two things together, you, it, it just makes you question everything. Yeah. You know, if this isn't the Holy Ghost, then what is it? Mm -hmm. And when someone has told you repeatedly that this is what the Holy Ghost does, this is the way the Holy Ghost works, and then you realize through your own experience that 
that may not be the case, you call that into question along with everything else. And the lesson to learn from that is that we are not able to trust what our emotions tell us. At least whenever it comes to theological things. We have to turn to scripture and we have to turn to the Bible. And when you do that in a really deliberate way, it often leads to you learning that some of the things that you learned as a child or coming up maybe were wrong. Yeah. Such as some of a lot of the things that the UPC teaches. Right. Or all of them. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so at that point, I guess you realize that did you start studying like a specific topic or was it just everything kind of unraveled at it, the same time? It unraveled. It all fell to pieces and I and if you can imagine a pendulum swinging from one extreme, it swung all the way to the opposite extreme. And there was a period of months where I wasn't sure that I believed in God at all. Mm. Yes. The pendulum did swing all the way to that extreme of really not believe. How could, how could a loving God, you know, create a system in which almost nobody can succeed? Mm. You know, and he, he, he must not be real. I mean, God wouldn't do that. So you basically disentangled all of your beliefs to start from scratch and just work yeah, out. Yeah, this is where this is where I get kind of sideways with this disentangling word because mm-hmm. I don't think it's I don't think that deconstruction is a naughty word. There's it's, you know, there's kind there's of a campaign thing. against it right now. Right, and it didn't start like that. We didn't talk about this beforehand. It's <laughs> totally fine. But I, I would say, like I went through deconstruction for yeah. sure what I didn't really disentangle anything I I really did de- deconstruct and it was very brief but there was a lot of stuff that really had to be deconstructed because it was not just in the wrong place it was just wrong mm-hmm. but then there was a reconstruction that came after it mm-hmm. and I think that's where people get at when they really get into the disentangling thing but yeah well and i think the reconstruction really needs to follow right but i think the disentangling thing happened or the term kind of morphed because deconstruction kind of got taken over by all the people who are against christianity in general and there isn't anything wrong with deconstruction as long as you reconstruct your beliefs we're just talking about defining terms here right and and i think that deconstruction needs to be not confused with demolition. Mm, that's you know? a good one, yeah. Because when you demolish something, you you go in with the intent of creating something that cannot be put back together. But deconstructing something is, you know, think about taking some, disassembling something in a methodical way. Mm-hmm. And Preserving. Then, and, yeah, in order to preserve certain things. So anyway, I went through that. <laughs> that was long. You may have to clip all that out. I'm not doing it. Go on. <laughs> I went through all of that and started, you know, I turned to my Bible and I changed versions of the Bible. So were I you ch- KJV? I know you you won't believe this, but we were KJV only. I am shocked. Mm-hmm. I'm so yes. shocked right now. Uh, we were one of the few UPC churches that were KJV only. You. <laughs> <laughs> Like only the 90%. Yes. <laughs> right. Gary, I have to ask, the Bible that you got originally that like helped you turn your life King to Christ, James. was it? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. that the one in the shirt that's wrapped in the shirt? Yes. It's yeah, my okay. kid book. Yes. It has pictures too. And but, it was a KJV and it mm-hmm. has pictures? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I had one of those. I still have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
But I switched to ESV. But, and not because, and it's not because I have anything against KJV either. It was just that when you read a passage and you know the words so well, mm-hmm. and you've been taught that these words mean this thing, mm-hmm. it's hard for you to look at it any different way. With a different lens. Right, right. So I switched to ESV, which is still very literal, like the, with, like the KJV, but the wording is just different enough as if you're reading a new thing that you don't already know. Mm-hmm. So I turned to my Bible. Eileen didn't think it was the actual Bible. <laughs> she said that to me once. <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs> and, don't be embarrassed. But I, also, I know. <laughs> but I also started forming relationships. I, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just did a lot of trolling online looking for people that maybe had the same looking for articles and and any material I could find that might help answer my questions. Mm -hmm. And eventually what I came upon was, uh, you know, I started to be able to form relationships with people such as you and many others Mm -hmm. who we all know and love and find that there's just a huge community of us out here that have been going through the same process. And it really didn't take that much time before that deconstruction and reconstruction really happened. So Christmas Eve to... 16. Deconstruction to reconstruction. And what, how long was that gap from you think your reconstruction was formulated? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Probably, probably a couple of years, maybe a year. Um, but I didn't bring anything up to Island. I did it completely privately for at least... Well, say say that if let's just round and say the beginning of 2017 to the end of 2019. So it was about three years before I brought anything up in okay. to, to Eileen. I so did you, that completely privately. So you were dealing with this in your own mind, your own mm-hmm. heart, privately mm-hmm. for two to three years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you don't have any support system. Well, but right, because you can't say anything to your friends because all your friends your are Your friends in and family would mm-hmm. just say, you know what, you need to pray about this and right. you need to fast and I'm going to put, I'm going to call your name in front of the whole church to make sure that they're they praying do. for you. Yes. And, and so you're, you're really alone. And you chose not to tell your wife at that time because well, it, it her was because response of fear, or fear? Fear okay. of, of what her response would be because I, I mean, I've always known that Eileen is a very, she was a genuine believer in the system that we came up in because we were, we were taught to be that way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so there's just so much unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. We had four kids at this point, almost, and we had three then, that was before. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it was probably about the time that, that we found out that you were going to have the last one because mm-hmm. she was born in September of 17. So, yeah. you know, thinking of what fallout there would be in mm-hmm. my home mm-hmm. drove me to just shove it, either shove it down or just keep thinking, okay, I have to find, I have to make a plan. And it just took me forever. And you, you were know? still like actively involved at your UPC church at yes. this point. Yes. So I was 
at either the piano or the organ until the very last service that I attended in 2020. Okay. So you basically went through this by yourself for three years. Basically. So what did it look like when you did share with Eileen your feelings? What did that look like? You might need to answer that. <laughs> I brought it up and yeah, I brought it up and I knew that she knew that there was some stuff going on with me because my enthusiasm towards church had obviously changed. And I'm sure that people around me noticed too. Um, but I never had said anything about it. And so that was kind of how I approached it. I said, I need to let you know what's going on with me because I know that you know there's something going on with me. <laughs> and so I did. And then... <laughs> well, it was just very scary for me because, you know, this is, again, my family and, you know, how are we going to approach this and not cease to be what we are you know as far as that goes um and that that first time i just i think i just started to worry because i could he was still going to church and still participating although less enthusiastically he was still doing those things i i worried but i kind of um just prayed more about it you know that type of thing were you were you taught to believe that like your hair was going to protect your family were you raised because i know a lot of like churches don't teach that but a lot of churches i know like down south do yeah um we're from texas by the way i don't texas. think that's been mentioned so. yeah, right i didn't know if i could mention that part or not yes you but, can um, yeah. texas is yes. a big big place so. <laughs> aj from texas there's only one <laughs> By the way of Genovia. Right. Yes. Right. That's true. <laughs> that narrows it down. Um, not, not specifically, but it was a, um, like a protection. So it was a, um, you know, I wasn't ever taught that if I cut my hair, my husband would divorce me or cheat on me or anything like that. Okay. Um, but it was a giant no-no. Not even, you know, if you find a, a massive knot or something, you have to get it out. You cannot cut that. Mm -hmm. It's And the I think in the 90s, the split-in trimmers came out with a little comb or something. What? Do I didn't that? know. How do I not know that was a thing? Oh, it was a thing on TV. In Texas. Yeah. In Texas? No. She wasn't in I Texas. I was in Tennessee. Yeah. Was in Tennessee. Tennessee. But shortly, that was a fad, like this machine that would just remove your split ends, and that was a big no-no even. Well, yeah. Had I known that was a thing, that would have been cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was in the shower, like, dreaming of burning my ends. <laughs> yes. Yes. But anyway. Did you... Um, when you said you sensed, you kind of knew something was going on for the year and a half, two years. Did you ever not confront, but say, "Hey, you know, I noticed that you're not excited about going nope, to church we're today." We're not very not, good at that. Well, I, <laughs> no, there was, there was no like leading up to it. It was so, no. so when he did, when you did bring it up, was did it feel out of the blue, or did you just kind of say, "Now it makes sense"? Now, yeah, so, now it yeah. kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. I was raised that we don't talk about hard things. Bruno? Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, is we don't talk about Bruno. Is she close enough? It's fine. Okay. It'll be fine. Um, we don't discuss things that are difficult. Right. So, 
Are you sure we're not related? Because it's very similar. <laughs> Just forget about it. It didn't yeah. happen. Uh, it didn't sorry. happen. Yeah. If you don't say yeah. it again, right. it didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so no, we did not talk about much. Um, and, and and a lot of that was because we are so well suited to each other that we don't we don't have a lot of arguments about other things. No, we really so don't. we don't have we didn't have a lot of experience. And training, right. even, on how to work through things like that and to communicate difficult things. Mm-hmm. So when you did bring it up, did you have, did you just like throw a huge notebook and binder and yarn strings and like, this is why, <laughs> or was it uh, <laughs> He's like, Gary's pushing the fast forward button. He's like, I want to watch this movie faster. I was just thinking like, is it like, I want to talk to you about something, or if it was like you gotta see this. You're so, on the yeah. you're on the scent here, okay. but yes. it's later. So, yeah. so you're picturing Mel Gibson from Conspiracy exactly. Theory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Have a seat. Get a coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we calibrate. Yeah. <laughs> that was December, right? That was no. De- that was that was the Labor Day weekend. Oh, right. Right. Labor Day. Yes, okay. In the car. Yes. Because the only time we have talk, time to talk is in the car. Yes, when the kids finally yeah, fall asleep. Yeah, and you can't escape each other. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, we're, I don't remember where that was, so go on. Well, it was, you know, you had, you told me on the way, we were driving, um, that, you know, you were questioning and things like that. I don't remember this conversation entirely, um, but... That's just a point that I, that it solidified that there was something, you know, changing, um, and it became it was that a thing problem, we though. right. It was, it was also a problem. a problem, and it was a thing that was now known, so we couldn't avoid it at that point anymore. But we did avoid. We it. did. <laughs> we so did. You guys are professional yes. about avoiding yes. things. Yes. So after that, my fault. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's it's. A joint effort. We do everything as a joint oh. effort. <laughs> That's where you can put some sweet music in on editing. Right, yeah. Well, now we do, at least. <laughs> no, at, so after that conversation, Labor Day of 19, mm-hmm. it was not discussed again. Until finally I, I said, and I think I mentioned it a few times, I just, I didn't push at that point but I did mention a few times I don't know how long I'm going to be able to continue doing this right because I kept going to church and like I said I was at the organ or the piano every single service Mm -hmm. and And can I say our kids noticed that you weren't talking or that you weren't there or that that I was unhappy unhappy yes yeah the oldest especially and he and he He developed a really negative attitude towards going to church Mm -hmm. and I mean I probably should have done better but I felt like I was doing the best I could too, you know. Um, I'm not a good actor. <laughs> I'd never make it in showbiz. <laughs> but anyway, it really wasn't discussed except a few times. I said, I just really don't know how long I can keep doing this. And I was trying to give Eileen time, and finally it just ran out. And um, and my last service was on February the second of 2020. So we're talking about just about four months later that I just said I cannot continue Mm -hmm. to do this it's just it's it's dishonest and disingenuine for me to be doing this I I can't and 
so I stopped going. And then COVID happened. And I and I also formally informed the pastor that I was not going to be a part of that church anymore. And then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> Within four weeks. Yeah. Or five or so, you know, mid-March. And those were on the Sundays that I went to church and he did not. Those were the worst because I taught this the same child that noticed things were not golden or whatever. Um, I taught his Sunday school class and those four weeks were they were it was just awful because he was completely checked out. Like if dad's not here, I'm I'm checked out. He was in the room but he would not participate, wouldn't do anything um, that I tried to, to get him to and do. And he would stay so, home on he other did services. Stay home, yeah. Like it with you. Like on Sunday nights and stuff, he would stay home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was something that I knew that I could not fight. And a couple of times they even rotated some somebody went with you mm-hmm. to a chur- a different church. Yeah. But that again was not something that I <clears throat> felt like I could go against. Um mm-hmm. at that point. Well, it was all very new, yes. and we really didn't know how to how to handle it. How to navigate right. it? Yeah. It was brand new ground for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and really and truly, we if we were going to do it correctly, we should have had someone guiding us. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? absolutely. But that's not part of our culture. Well, <laughs> and where our, do you go? Yeah, like who yeah. do who do you find? Because to the, do that? the person to go to would have been the pastor. Right. And exactly. Of course, and that that wouldn't have ended well. Yeah. So. <laughs> Judging from what I've learned from just you guys, after you told that pastor, like, I'm kind of done, and you said it was another, you kept going, um, how were you received, mm-hmm. and then how were you received as far as, like, maybe friends you had at the church or family, or was there a lot of, well, it, it, it had to be kind of... I'm the type that I'm like, you know, I'm going to give it to you before you give it to me back. So yeah. the day after I left the church, I went through my Facebook friends and I just cut them all out. So I did it before. preemptive, little like yes. not going to listen. Yes, yeah. but yeah. but that was because I already kind of knew that those were superficial friendships anyway, yeah. Yeah. and that when my association with the church ended, that that would end also. As far as family goes, right. you know, there was fallout. But did they, and those relationships are strained to this day. Was it a try to talk you out of it type of fallout, or was it like just done with you immediately because you've turned there, your... There was the, of course they, you know, there was the thing of... You're confused or you something. You know, you, you, have, you can't do that, you know, and try to talk you out of it. But then there's also the, the reframing of, of those relationships into a, a much more distant thing. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a lot more boundaries that have to be made. Have mm-hmm. to be, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For both sides, you know. Yeah. So. So then, at, at being at church, I like, was it were people like looking over their shoulder at you? Or, like, it was it how the how the get received with you still attending and. You know, I would, I in my heart, I had hoped that people would. Um, and I was a young young mother with four very small children, and in my heart, I hoped that people would help me more with the kids mm-hmm. because, you know, it's very it was very difficult getting everybody to church and everybody. But 
there wasn't any of that. Um, wow. Was that a change was, from before? Like, was there help there before? Like, not much. But it just wasn't. No, not much. Yeah. But there were some that would step in um, and just kind of grab a wayward, you know. Yeah. Um, but in my heart, I really hope that, you know, they would be more compassionate. Like, yeah. hey, you're going through a hard time. Yeah. Let us give you a hand. But did they, also, but did they like, I mean, to, I'm asking the question too because we didn't talk, we about, didn't talk this. about this. <laughs> but I would—I know the folks, and I would have thought that there would have been just this really sense of concern. Mm. And was there not? I did have one or two conversations with people that were, you know, like stand your ground and things like that. Um, but it was more directive and not compassionate. Wow. Do they drag you up to the altar to pray for you and all that? No. 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 Interesting. I, I, at that point, I stepped back. Mm. And I don't know if it was from, like, shame or what it was. But I did. I stepped, I stepped way back at that point. And um, why, would you, why should you feel ashamed? Because you hadn't done anything. You know, I know. It was me. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> but... But That's, one could see how that mm-hmm. perception could end up on you. Yeah. Yeah. So I stepped way back. Um, so, I mean, they they still were friendly and things like that, but I, I didn't experience in, like an overwhelming compassion or anything like that. And as far as the family, when I left, again, I preemptively gave a very clear signal that I was making a break. And so... Anything that was family-related thing that would have been over with, and th- and that was just because, as I said, I knew that those weren't really genuine relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, because I don't know the history. Is it are we, when you say family, are we talking immediate family, or is this like moms and dads and brothers and sisters type stuff, or is it more extended? That well, are in we the had a lot of relationships with the people in the church. Yeah. Like so when family. I said like, like our family, family, like say family to family. Gotcha. Um, but as far as our own families, we don't have any family that live in our area. Okay. Um, so we, our relationships with them are distant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as geographically distant. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's not a lot of everyday interaction either. Uh, and that's just, that, I mean, that's just a normal, yeah. you know, not, li- not living nearby. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So you had been not going, and then you got a job at a different church, completely different denomination. Right. Church. Is that, Are we jumping ahead too far? Oh, yeah, we fast that's, forward that's a little bit too far. Okay. Ahead. Okay. So, so that was prior to your alignment with the Church of Satan. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AJ is the organist for the Church of Satan. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. So we're ta- we're in February. We're in the spring mm-hmm. of 2020. So we're in the opening days of the pandemic. So there were only a few. Right. And it is all because AJ left his church. That's right. The Lord smote the earth. (laughs) (laughs) He smiteth the earth. Okay. Just kidding. Again. So there were only a few weeks weeks. before that happened. So Mm -hmm. this is still, Eileen still has the ball right now. Oh. Because. And go. Also, right before that, because I, you stopped going, like they closed churches and things down. Is yes, what I mean. yes, they closed churches. I got COVID. Um, 
And I wasn't going to church at all. Right. Not because I didn't want to, really. Had you already gotten past, like, your deconstruction of God in general at that point? I had pretty much... I had pretty much arrived at a sense of what I believed. Okay. You know, that has solidified since then. So by the time you left the ALJC, you knew that you believed in God. That was was UPC UPC. at that time. So by the time you left the UPC church, you knew you actually believed in God and you had an idea of what your actual beliefs were. And you knew that they didn't align. So that's when you left. It wasn't like you left and then... I think those things might have overlapped. Gotcha. I think it's possible that they overlapped. Just picture that pendulum in the process of swinging still. Got it. You know, during that time where I, okay, you know, I've swung back. There, you know, there has to be a loving God. I just don't know that much about him yet. And I'm still putting all of that together at that time. And, and there's never an arrival point anyway. Right. So it's not like we're looking for that. But in terms of where I am in that process, that's probably a good description. But. So then I got COVID. We were home, you know, the whole family. So we family. fast forwarded now to December of that year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I had more to say, but it's fine. <laughs> no, if you're talking about you having COVID, that was in December. Okay. And you know, Jeremy likes a timeline. I'm just. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were all home, and you know, he basically, like you said, brought out the maps and the. But he had been so sending this is, me. This is the yarn. Yes, the yarn. He had been sending me things, um, articles and things. Um, a lot of Ralph Brickley stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had all been praying for you. I'm just throwing that out there, too. Yes, I because we had sort yeah. of a, like, you, us and others yeah. were forming online relationships. Yeah. You know, in Which, Christ. Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, there it's you go. known that's as the coalition. <laughs> But um, pandemic. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but he had been sending me things and asking me to read them, and I would, I would try to read them, and I just would only get so far, and just it would start wheels turning, and I put it away. Well, what you would say but to me is also, that you felt attacked. Oh yes. I did. Like that, those were the words that you used. I'm glad you, you remember these details. <laughs> uh, 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 quotes, December 14th. Yes. Stop attacking me. Yes. <laughs> no, that's my birthday. It was, it was, I feel yeah. attacked. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when you said that the wheels would start turning, was that um, you would put it away because it was making you th- question your own yeah. faith, basically? Yeah. Um, but if we put it away and don't think about it or right. don't it talk about yeah. it, it does, right. it's not there. Yeah. Um, and this is where we so, get into the apostolic identity thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because absolutely. that was another thing that you brought up to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trapped in the house together, everybody. And he basically pulled out the map, you know, and the push pins. But, you know, that's very figurative speaking. But, um, you know, we tried to sit down and talk about it. And it just blew up. It really did. Spoiler alert. 
Spoiler alert. It didn't end well. (laughs) Did not end well. A conversation about religion? Yeah. Conflicting ideas didn't end well? Right, right, right. Right. Hmm. Um, But, you know, I tried, at first I tried to, you know, say, well, I I don't know any other way to be because this is who I am. I said that specifically. If I'm not this, then I don't know who I am. Then I don't know who I am. Which, that's... It's that's where we huge. all go. Right. It because is. you take that I like cult identity on basically and you that is your own thing. And I know we've talked about this before and I've said many times, like even talking about this theology and speaking out against the theology and the doctrine of the UPC, people mistake that all the time as bashing them personally because they exactly. have that identity and that they are the UPC. And this is by design. Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. And this is us versus them. This 100%. is where that comes yeah. in. Right. right. And and I become them. Right. In this moment. He did very quickly mm-hmm. that day. <laughs> but we're laughing now, but we were not laughing that day. No. But when you're raised in it, like that is all you know, yes. and you don't know how to be anything else other well, than a walking billboard for a religion. Yes. Like, that's all you know to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, <clears throat> Over that next, what we what do we say? Two years. Well, there's the event that happened in January, in February, March, where we moved. Oh, that, right, that's right, a pretty right, right, right. significant so, detail. During COVID, the church would, even though I I did a quiet quitting. I think that's a fad word now. A fad mm-hmm. thing, is, quiet yeah. quitting. Um, but I did, um, and COVID was convenient. To where I knew that if I went back to church that we could no longer be together, you know, because he was so adamant that, oh, what was, what was it you said to me? If you don't trust me in this. Well, this goes, okay, this goes back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast in the way that this was approached to begin with, which was in a very methodical way with a lot of thought and a lot of, it was really agonizing. Mm-hmm. And so what I said in that, probably not in that nice way, was right. that I really need you to trust me on this. And I wasn't saying I need you to trust me and walk out right this minute. And I think... That's what I heard. That's I, what I was going to say. That's, that's what, what, what thought, she heard, yeah. And that's what I, like later I realized, she thought that I meant that she just needed to blindly trust me. But what I really meant was I, I need you to trust me enough that I've approached this in such a way that merits consideration. Because mm-hmm. you just thought she was being dismissive of you and all sort of, of research. Sort of. And, and what she said was that she couldn't do that. And that was pretty much the end of that conversation. Yeah. For a long time, actually. And it wasn't brought back up again. No. But I knew that if I went back to church that we would after that blow up i knew that we would not stay married if i continued to go to church so i made the decision that i will not go to church but i'm still this way i'm still upc i'm still pentecostal um it's just that i don't go to the building you know i did not read my bible i didn't i mean i just stopped Everything and I always was a Bible read. Like I always mm-hmm. read my Bible yeah. before. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, but again, I was a young mother, and that was I part of my not... thing. Of you should trust me because I read the Bible. He knows that <laughs> I do. <didn't. laughs> 
Um, it's a, but it's, it's everybody every time. Trust me. I, yeah. really I got it. Trust you me. should run for office. Trust me. You should, yeah, yeah. Trust yes. me. I read the Bible. You're good. I think I think that's what every cult leader. Yeah. Says. Right. <laughs> so needless to say, it didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, didn't work. Trust me, I read the Bible bumper stickers You're coming right. to you soon on the. Uh, <laughs> that's right. From our sponsors. From our sponsors. Which flame. our sponsors are Word of Frank, Word of Flame Press, Hazelwood, yes. Missouri. Right. So shout out to our sponsors in Hazelwood. I hate it when you say that. I hate it so much when he says that. That's why I did it. <laughs> Keep you out of trouble today. <laughs> but so, but in the, you know, because of COVID, the the church was bringing Sunday school material to people who were quarantined. Mm. So they kept showing up to our house on Sundays with Sunday school material. Like and clockwork. Yes. <laughs> Your eyes when you said that. <laughs> Do not bring him another drink. <laughs> no, just don't bring him Sunday school. Yeah. Yeah. He reads his Bible. He does not need that. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so, in my, you know, we had already talked about possibly moving to a different town. Um, but my way of basically making the Sunday school delivery stop. <laughs> Was moving. Was moving. So I started pushing, but well, because like these people don't stop. I don't know how much you know. Like they don't stop. If they have this mission, they're not going to stop. And I knew that. Um, So I really started pushing for that move, and we did. So basically, and it it was a move that made sense. It wasn't just out of the blue. We had. We loved our, that was a wonderful house that we had fixed up all ourselves, but it was too small. It was small. We have, we have four kids. Yes. Um, it was too small, and I teach in a different town. Right. So it made sense. It made sense. It wasn't like it was just for that one reason. Right. But I felt like I really started pushing that. So we did. We quickly, after that, moved, um, and that all stopped. Immediately, yeah, <laughs> and then you could breathe. Then we could breathe and like yes. figure it out. Yeah. So we went two years basically. So now we're in March of 2021. This yes. is for Jeremy's. Oh, timeline. thank you. So noted. <laughs> he's, I see. <laughs> so we went the next two years basically not attending church at all, and during that time I went through the quiet period of. What do I believe? What's important to me? What's all of this? And also, I did meet with a counselor. Um, so the two of you Christian are still counselor. not really discussing. We didn't. No, so, so, not really. So knowing that I've done all this, you still didn't talk to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she hired somebody else to talk yes. to about it. <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm never mad. So I did. I talked to a counselor, and one of the main things she said to me was, you know, what does it matter what kind of church you go to? You're still worshiping the same God. She did not understand Pentecostalism as far as I could tell. So I kind of dismissed that, but it still stayed 
here. There is a fly in here. I did oh, not know that there was a fly in here till just now. He's been, he's been napping in two yes. So being out of the 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 scene, the Pentecostal scene for mm-hmm. those couple years, was it a uh, like coming out of a haze or coming out of the hypnosis thing of a cult to where you kind of like, like you're getting further away from it that yeah. you just started seeing slowly like, yes so slowly very slow process i did doubt who god is and and things like that um but very quietly you know started to disassemble things that i'm known um but I still looked the part. I was not, I hadn't made up my mind that I wasn't Pentecostal anymore. I still looked the part. Um, so let me think where we go from here. What do you think? This was just the period after we moved until. Yes, until you. So he started, um, I mean, you were taking piano organ lessons and just really working towards. Well, just like as background, so I'm a, t- a music teacher in public schools, but I'm also a church organist in in a broader sense than in the UPC church. You know, we, we I played in those churches, but I'm a trained organist and professionally paid. And yes. and right. and now to <clears throat> to jump ahead, I am on staff at a church as an organist where I am paid and depended upon as such. So that's just I, that's just context. So So he was you were subbing, doing some And I subs. was working toward that end right. at the time. I right. guess that's that's why I brought that up is I was working toward that end. He was hired as a permanent organist um, and I made up my mind that we were gonna go and support him, but I was still not ready to let go of the the way I looked, mm-hmm. basically. And probably certainly not ready to embrace the Episcopal Church. No, <laughs> no. Um, because the way I was raised was very anti-liturgical. And I think that's like a common UPC thing. Because yeah. like our ex-pastor <clears throat> used to bash Catholicism all the time. Like, all the time. So And probably had a lot of reason to. Right. But, to be sorry fair, for all the Catholics out there. I feel like the UPC and Catholicism has a lot in common. So to be fair, like you had valid reason to be cautious of a very liturgical church kind of situation. The, the thing to be the the distinction to be drawn there is that folks in our prior circles really aren't terribly informed on the differences Mm -hmm. the way that other liturgical churches such as say the Lutheran Church or the Episcopal Church differ from the Catholic Church which is significant yes Yes. and we don't this is not a podcast about that today but there are significant (laughs) Gary's like I have questions (laughs) (laughs) we're going to make this today <laughs> I can, I can, I can derail any conversation. <laughs> and you guys were worried that we were going to go off the rails a little bit. It's fine. That's but I am it's curious about. Here. I am curious about one thing. I, you said, Eileen. You said you, you stuck to the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Is that was that just still trying to? Were you trying to hold on? Or That's was how it, it was. Or is it just uh, so? To be a Pentecostal little girl is very hard. Yeah. 
um, sorry, you go through a lot of things about, as for me, I was a tomboy, and so I was very active and wanted to do everything. I wanted to be a part of everything. Um, so my, I realized later, my goal in life was to show the boys that I could do exactly what they could do in a skirt. In a skirt. In a skirt. So, and, um, you know, I was a vet tech, and I worked... I did not normally work outside with the cow with the cattle, but I would get out there and climb a fence with some cows in a skirt, and because I was determined to just be normal in a skirt, so that took a lot of work as mm -hmm. a little person to get to that point. And you know, you people say things at school mm. all the time. Um, did you get asked if you were Amish? All the time. Yes. Why? All oh my gosh. Time. So you were. It was. You were proud. Like it was a yes. proud. Very oh, yeah. like I've very done this. proud. Like yeah. And it's like look what I can do, and I'm in a skirt. And yeah. I'm in a skirt, I'm and my skirt. hair goes to my knees, and basically. That, yeah. that you know, that's another UPC thing. see pride is not unique to the two of you. It's no, it's yeah. no, it's very the system. It's yeah. built yeah. into the system. Mm -hmm. Well, I saw my Facebook memories um, just. A couple weeks ago that I was at the gas station pumping gas and someone mentioned how long my hair was you know and you probably had to felt like you had to post about that because you're like I was so proud of it. Yeah. I yes. that you posted that I was proud but I've never thought of you to be that like that it took a lot how of work ago was that that I posted it yeah. oh I don't know it was a okay. long time ago okay let's find out yeah. <laughs> here we go <laughs> but here's the thing like I feel like it, it is it is prideful there. but yeah and i feel like it's built out of like defending yourself yes. absolutely yes. and like building absolutely. a defense because you don't want to get hurt and you yes. know that you look different but you want to prove that you're okay with it okay even with though it. you're not but right. there comes a point it turns into idolatry really let's be honest yeah for sure 100 yes. percent mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was so it was more difficult to get rid of that aspect than yes. maybe just moving past than the anything theology. Of yes, so you couldn't yeah. get rid of your graven images, huh? I could not. Okay, right. <laughs> he says that snarkily, but seriously, oh. I mean, but yeah, for real, for real, I was it was something that was I held on to for a very long time. Where were we before we went on that rabbit trail? <laughs> mm, we weren't on a rabbit trail. Oh, okay. But no, because so, he asked yeah, you about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you yeah. said you were living it, but right. not just really the, living just it. Just an appearance. Yeah. Just an appearance. Yeah, because there was no, otherwise there was no practicing mm -mm. Of, of that religion going on because we weren't no, going we to church. No, we didn't go anywhere and, to church. And we didn't really miss it. No. So, the time. When, so when did it change? If you had put away all the, the maps and the notes and the <laughs> yarn and all that and you weren't talking about anything... You get you get to the point where it's two years. You're not in the church, but you you've moved. And you're kind of past it. And what when does it turn to you start having conversations with AJ or maybe other people about the the counselor about the next church and or your evolution of spirituality? This probably comes after I started working at. It Christ kind of church. did. It kind of did. Um, but so, he started going, started working, and we. I decided that I was going to put the effort in to get my four kids to church every day, every Sunday, to support him, um, because that was a big thing for him. To, and it should be noted that. that we were not members of this church at the time. No. I was on staff, but membership wasn't required. Right, right. So, but I made up in my mind that we were going to be there to support him, because this was a huge accomplishment that he had made. And put a lot of work into so 
Um, but as you know, that I remember one one Sunday, and I say I remember like it was so terribly long ago, but it really wasn't. But I was listening to the liturgy and the wording of it, and I realized grace is not what I thought it was. Mm. I don't have to do these things to receive God's grace and God's love. And that was just a giant light bulb um, for me. Was that about the time that you were able to start receiving communion? Yes. There? Yes, it was. Because um, we do it weekly, you know, every yeah. Sunday. And yeah. you weren't taking out of respect for their congregation or because you felt like you so the, didn't agree the with So the Episcopal it? Church allows all Christians to participate. That's still cool, right? It's fine. <laughs> any 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 baptized Christian is allowed to participate. It's so what's I called open table. Open, yes. Yeah. So I could have, um, but I chose not to, for fear of that liturgical setting. Honestly, got it. Like so, it, like almost if you took it, you would be in agreement with them. Yes. You didn't want to be in agreement. Right. With them. Well, right. and then there's also the very logistical issue of getting four kids to and from the altar rail by yourself it's because terrifying. your husband's working. It's terrifying. <laughs> so yeah. there is that period of, okay, I'm watching just to make sure I know how this works. Here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, that was about that time. Also, um, AJ listens to a lot of podcasts. A lot (laughs) about cults. And so we would have conversations regarding people that are in cults that I would have called a cult. So we were were having some conversations. So we were having conversations about that, but it wasn't related to Pentecostalism. Um, You didn't think it was at the time. I didn't at the time. You did, though. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the yellow yarn. Trust me. I read the Bible. (laughs) Trust me, I read. (laughs) but you know as we would talk about these things that were that were considered cults to me at that time i started drawing the lines the yarn started showing up right (laughs) but i started drawing those lines and then also um we have friends who are we're at a similar process coming from a different cult and they'll know who they are when they listen Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Um, but did, you, did you say that? It's really listeners? weird that we did it this Yes, they are. They will be. They will be. Oh, Not because of us. They don't like us. Hi, guys. They I like think them. It's possible that they've listened to this yeah. podcast. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, when. So I, I had talked to him and we had started taking communion. Um, and. I was starting to to see some things way differently than what I'd ever thought um, as far as salvation and grace and um, it's just a lovely place to be Mm. is in God's grace Um, but so we had gone to their house for dinner and we had had a lot of conversation about their experience coming out because they were shunned or cut off mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. um and and, you know. and their their religious group was very legalistic in all of the different ways than the ubc is yeah. so you wouldn't know who they were if you saw them on the street but they practice a lot of other laws basically that have been made by their group but they're totally different 
Yeah. But when we started sharing all that stuff, yes, is when sort of gears begin to mesh. They did into a greater understanding of of how cults, cults work, of how they work, right? Yeah. Mind control and mm-hmm. yes. yeah. Yeah. So after that dinner, I was we were talking on the way home, and I said, "I'm I'm done being a Pentecostal person. I'm tired of at work people." She said those words. <laughs> did I? Yes. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I said. I don't agree with this anymore. I don't want to be that anymore. And I'm tired of people at work asking me, are you Pentecostal? Because I'm not, and I don't believe it anymore. I believe it's wrong. And so I'm ready to make a change. So this was just just a few months ago um, that I it started. It was probably back in the spring yeah, sometime. Started changing. This is July now. Started changing. Um, my wardrobe and things like that so yeah and then she joined our group <clears throat> yes i did and everybody was very happy <laughs> we were all so happy <laughs> and the people so, at your work were like whoa hold up what's yes, going on here <laughs> i actually had a lady because i did it i did it what i thought was gradually but it apparently wasn't gradually. when you've gone through all of this <clears throat> over such a long period of time yes the gradual things already happened yes. did the lady think you joined a cult no, she asked me. She she asked me if I was going wild. Is what she asked me. Oh, because she had pants on. Yes, I know. I know. She was precious because. But what it gave me the opportunity to do was sit down with her and say, "Look, this is where I was." Mm-hmm. I'm tapping the table. That's okay. It happens. They all do well, it. Everyone taps the table. Gary's probably been so, sitting over there doing it the entire time. Um. I got to to sit down with a lot of people who I'd never talked to before and explain, you know, <clears throat> where I was and what I was coming from and I did not meet one person that was sad about that. Mm. I mean, we had a party up front, you know, yeah. one day because everybody was just so excited that That's awesome. So at work you guys had a party? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's so and, cool. You know, Christians love to hear this story and stories like this. Yes. Yeah. And, and I've had those conversations too, especially since all of this has gone down and I've you know, was sitting down with some folks telling them about, you know, your experience and they just rejoice mm-hmm. because of, you know, what has taken place. They may not understand or fully grasp. They don't. But, but, but at the same time, they also understand like you have an enlightenment of God's grace, His mercy, and His love. Right. And then, like, when that really happens, it changes your outlook on almost mm-hmm. everything. Your worldview yes. changes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I learned that a lot more people were going to heaven. Right. That is it? It's just a lovely place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It's yeah. just the happiest thing. The family is Sorry, Gary. We all thought you were doomed. We before. did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> that was one but, of my first questions, was, or, or, or one of my first thoughts in my early deconstruction was, you know, how is it that there are so few people going to heaven? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, they pull the verse that says many are called, but few are chosen. Right. But right. when that's not the way it really is. Exactly. All of this is right. just, all of this is putting God in and making your own religion and putting God in a box. Yes. And so someone has said to me many times that, you know, at some point when you start really learning about the gospel of grace and things that you realize that um, God may be a lot bigger than the box that you've been keeping him in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yes. 
He reads the Bible. He reads the Bible. He's got it. Trust him. (laughs) But I mean, in all reality, I feel like for me personally, I did not know the authentic gospel before. I did not know the authentic God. I had no idea. I had no concept of love. I had no concept of mercy or grace. Um, I had no concept of the cross because I was never really taught I, I was taught the gospel is Acts two thirty eight. I the cross was always something that was kind of brushed over, and I never really just a stopped, holiday. Yes, mm-hmm. and I never really stopped to contemplate what that actually meant. And they just me. skip across Easter like a stepping stone to Pentecost. Yes, Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, it's like yeah. a blip yeah. on their radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when David Bernard makes a video about this later, that's one of my beefs I think <laughs> <laughs> that I have because I did not know about the cross. I mm-hmm. knew that it happened, but I didn't understand the implications that it had for me as far as when Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Religion is not something that you're supposed to, it's not supposed to wear you down. It's not supposed to be something that you dread. This is something that, it's not supposed to be difficult. It's just, mm-hmm. it, You're supposed yeah. to be free. We were just talking about John 10 earlier mm-hmm. when he Jesus is talking about the sheep being free and to go to good pasture. And, like, and Jesus says, I'm the way. Right. And any, no man comes to the Father but by me. And anyone who does or attempts to is a thief and a robber. So if you attempt to come to the Father through your own merit, through your uncut hair, your skirts, your clean-shaven face, you're not able to accept what happened on the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ultimate sacrifice. That is not being that a is, believer. And yeah. in, right. in Jesus, that is being a believer in your own effort and your own works. Right. And like Paul said in Galatians 2, you're rejecting God's grace. Mm-hmm. And why did Jesus even die? What was the whole purpose? If, you're, if you can nothing. do it by yourself. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. But Jesus has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so we shall. Yes. <laughs> and now you guys are current situation. We are Episcopalian. <laughs> if that's the question. <laughs> yeah. uh, Happy, and, still and married. We're still married. For sure. And what like, are you doing over we're there? able to talk about so many things that we were that we're really playing catch up. Yeah. Um, but we, we are we do choose to attend an Episcopal church, not just because I'm on staff. Um, but we've we formally have joined the church. We're confirmed Episcopalian, and um, we're still learning a lot about the beliefs of the Episcopal Church, which are based, you know, they're very mainstream Christian uh, beliefs. It's just yes. a very specific way of practicing it. To, wor- to worship, mm-hmm. and, yes. And, um, but we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So better than ever. Yeah. So awesome. if if we could get both of you. If you could say one thing to a couple that is going through this where one has, is either leaving or has left and the other is still holding on, what would you say? And Eileen, what would you say? Go first. You want me to go first? Well, okay. I'm going to, I think I know what you would say. So I'm going to say, because. He okay. thinks he knows. <laughs> He's ready. Hold on. Don't bring the yard and the pins out. <laughs> too eagerly because that can be overwhelming mm. to mm-hmm. the you know if you're trying to you know bring your thoughts to your spouse it can it can be very aggressive and that was something that I 
realized later that I had done was that I had just pushed too hard. I'm a very impatient person. But what I forgot was that it took me three years to reach that point before I even brought it up. Don't come in too hot. Don't come in ba- too hot. Baby steps. Um, so that's what I would say. And I would also say that there are a ton of us out here that want to help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're out here, we're available, and we're pretty passionate about it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting at this table. Right, crammed right in this now. tiny little yes. room. It's <laughs> sweating and making friends with the housefly. <laughs> AJ is loving every second of it. <laughs> and worried our children are destroying yes. the home upstairs. They're telling what's They're going crying. on. I think they've built a second floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the fly. That one came out on a word. I know that was in here. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's what I would say, those two things. And, and really, honestly, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Us, mm-hmm. we're here for you. We'll message with you. There are lots of people that, not yeah. just us. I mean, we we can connect you with people and support systems that will help you. Yeah, yeah. So then, Eileen, as a person who was living through it on the opposite end of the spectrum, then what would you say to the person that has left waiting for their spouse? Like, is there anything that you it, that maybe would have helped you in a different way. Um, maybe not necessarily leave earlier, but um, I don't know. Like, how, how would you? I mean, I definitely agree with what he said was just take it slow in small pieces. Um, and to his defense, he did start slow with sending me articles and things like that. Um, so, I mean... Mostly, we just had one big, big thing where it was just kind of aggressive, but it's intense. It was intense, um, but you know, don't just—I mean, just you know, small pieces, small doses, um, and be patient. So it's, that, in the we'll end, it there. sounds like it's very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Very be similar. Patient. Be patient. Um, you know, and for someone that is on the same end as I was, um, you know, where you that you know, marriage is a very big thing. It's very important, and um, most of us are ill prepared for it. Yes, when we get there, it's kind of. I mean, quick, often we're early, people are getting married young. for one reason. In the UPC, UPC. yes. Yes. But you're not prepared for everything else. For everything else, yeah. Um, But conversations are very important to have. um, You know, and so if you can lovingly and patiently have conversations, I think that would be very helpful to, you know, bring, bring forward points and topics that can be studied together that are you know not as scary Mm. at first um maybe not attacking doctrine or uh, not necessarily like the outward appearance and things like that but i think the presentation of grace is a big thing yeah it's a big thing maybe would you say that it would be beneficial to have a bible study together over grace maybe um like try to do some bible reading together just to have open discussions about something that you both believe you have a common ground on yeah i think that would that would help um we didn't 
do that. No. And that was... Well, because what would the dynamic have been, you know, it was, when you have two opposing, like, yeah. very strongly opposing views? It would almost... I could see that turning into more of a competition or something. Yeah. To be honest, I um, am not a very studied person when it comes to the Bible. So I knew that I would not have any way to argue mm-hmm. or dispute anything he said. So I didn't. But, you know, growing up, it was the same for me. And probably the two of you, too, would you have people like say... You know, you're in the in the cafeteria, and Gary across the table is asking, you know, well, why do you believe this? And, and mm-hmm. you know, coming to you from a Christian perspective, and he's got his T-shirt Bible, and he wants you, to, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he wants to engage in an that honest, perfect timing, sorry, <laughs> and he wants to engage in an honest biblical conversation. So let's right. unpack this. Yes, yeah. let's do that. So. To unpack this aspect of this, <laughs> uh, really, you know, deep. I, I felt like I knew deep down that I didn't have the chops mm-hmm. to debate his his position. This is hypothetical, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not really not because it's you know we've been in those situations, right? Yes. And we know that I, I really feel like deep down, at that age, even I knew that I didn't have the I didn't have Bible to stand on, and I had conversations with friends in college um, where that went down, and mm-hmm. and and I knew I didn't have anything to stand on biblically, so I just got mad and left. And then you know, years later, we've talked about it, me and those friends, those friends and I, and AJ is my professional editor too. I'm just throwing no. that out there. <laughs> uh, and and they've come back and said, you know, we. When we left that conversation, we were so worried about you, whether you even believed what the Bible said. Mm. And, and, of course, we're talking about two decades ago. Right. Yeah. And so you don't have that. There's just this feeling of knowing that you don't have the Bible to stand on mm-hmm. if you're trying to defend um, the UPC position. Mm-hmm. You know, especially against somebody who's not prepared. Right. Or, I know, like, I'm sorry. So you're going to you're gonna have to click edit. Especially get someone who is prepared and knows their Bible, yeah. you know, and they've got the bumper sticker on their Bible that says, trust me, I read the Bible. <laughs> T-shirt Bible. Bumper sticker. Uh, I mean, my my biggest comeback, honestly, when I was in school was, it's my religion. Like, yeah. Why do you yes. wear skirts all the time? It's my religion. And the goal why? is to quickly end my that conversation. And, right, because you yes. didn't want to get like, into it with them AJ, because it makes you know, no sense. It's 100 degrees outside and we're marching on the asphalt rehearsal grid. Why are you wearing jeans? Yeah. And it's a very, I didn't want to answer that question because I was like, oh, I don't know why I'm not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, I think I'm not supposed to wear shorts, but I don't know why. <laughs> but now it's skies out, thighs out at our house. Sky- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stealing that. <laughs> Got all sorts of bumper stickers. Yeah, I know, I know. It's Put them in the, yeah. in the merch shop. I was yeah. going to say, is that like a Texas thing? Is that what you, or did you just make that up just now? Because I've never heard that. No. I think I've stolen it from someone, but <laughs> I use it all the time. Oh, yeah, I mean. And the audience probably sees my love here. It's really attractive. It's totally fine. <laughs> but now everyone's looking at it. So. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you guys for telling your story. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we end? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. 
I think we've done a good job. Our, yeah, that's how we've gotten to where we are today. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have it's to say about that. It's a story that continues to <laughs> 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 About this time, it's, yep, I'm going to be like, all right, we're done. <laughs> so this is like, you just know when it's over, right? Yeah. You know when the podcast is over. Uh-huh, 100%. It's like when you're making peanut brittle for the oh. for the <gasps> UPC fundraiser, and the one person knows how to come look at the pot and just smells it, and it's like, yeah, that batch is done. Go ahead and pour it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we are wrapping this up because it's completely went off rails yes. by this point. So <laughs> we've said what thank we you guys. To say. Yes. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming on our podcast and yeah, coming to meet you. us because we're filming this in Missouri and they are from Texas, so they had a really long. We drive. drove all the way here just just for this, for this. interview. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But our kids do think y'all are the coolest things. Ever. Well, we are. It's I we know. Have dogs. We're not getting dogs. You should get a dog. No. You can, you can have one of ours. No. We've, we've offered, to be fair. <laughs> so, guys, we love you. Sky's out. Thighs out. That's right. Peace. <laughs>